Hey, and welcome to the Kid Therapist Podcast. This is Allie. And this is Lauren. We are two licensed mental health therapists practicing in Maryland who love helping kids and families to manage and overcome their mental health struggles. Our goal of this podcast is to educate, inspire, and provide some insight into what could be going on with your kids. Here we go. so excited to kick off our first episode of the Kid Therapist Podcast about what happens in therapy for kids and how do I know that my kid needs it. We are super excited. We've never done a podcast before, so we're a little nervous, um, but we hope you guys like it. We have both been in the field for, what, like four years, three years? Years. Yeah, so we're still, you know, still learning a lot, still growing as therapists, taking a lot of trainings and, and educating ourselves, but we love working with kids and families, so we hope that you guys can, can benefit from this. So parenthood doesn't come with an instruction manual, and sometimes it's really difficult to navigate the behaviors and needs of your child, and it's really difficult to know when there actually may be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like kids, you know, they have these periods of like moodiness and irritability, and and we've all seen meltdowns and and all those things that come with childhood. That it's like you might need extra help with these these roadblocks. Yeah, and like some of the moodiness and anxiety and. Um, worries or friend issues or school difficulties, some of those are are normal. And in most cases with things like um, as a parent, you being um, very sensitive and empathetic, doing some problem solving and having a whole lot of patience, it can be figured out. Right. But sometimes it can't. Exactly. (laughs) So, So validating them along the way. Um, you know, helping them understand their their brain, I think, is a big part of, you know, being an adult and having kids and raising them um, that we don't always know what we're doing or what to do. I mean, like you said, with the instruction manual, I mean, it'd be wonderful if if we could get that and, and understand our brain a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know what to do if a kid gets a cut or if they're throwing up or sick. But it's like when they have these emotional difficulties, I think parents or just adults in general get really lost. Yeah, you feel really lost and overwhelmed yourself and sometimes you get pretty dysregulated yourself too so you don't know what to do. But there are times when you're not just dealing with some of the road bumps of life and there's times when you want to consider seeking the services of a mental health therapist like Allie and I. So let's talk a little bit about like what are those signs that your child might need counseling. Yeah. So, um, you know, for kids that we've seen, you know, you just notice that they have a lot of negative self-talk, you know, they have a lot of worries, a lot of fears, um, separation anxiety is a big one, especially with the school year starting, you know, the kid just has a lot of maybe school refusal, Um, what else are some things that you see? Yeah, I think negative self-talk is a big one. Um, when your child starts to, you see a real lack of confidence that's holding them back or they're always beating themselves up. Um, 
same things maybe like I wish I wasn't here or nobody would care if I disappeared or ran away or um they they just feel really bad about themselves mm-hmm. and their confidence is confidence is impacting their ability to do things that they might want to do or try something new or um you just hear a lot of negative statements about themselves yeah yeah and I I definitely hear the you know I wish I wasn't here stuff but you even hear you know even little kids say like I want to die mm-hmm. or I hate you to their parents which is just such a you know sad thing to hear and you just never want your kid to be experiencing that but a lot of times when they say those things yes it is scary and we want to always assess for Mm self-harm and suicide and all that but I think a lot of it is they don't necessarily want to die they just want those feelings to end inside of them they just don't want to feel that way or they don't know how to feel that way yeah they're having those really big feelings so they communicate in a really big scary way and they really get your attention yeah um, another one is if you're, we're going to talk some more in another episode, but having pretty excessive worry, mm-hmm. um, that, that can look like a lot of times kids don't say I'm really anxious, but they might say like, oh, my, my stomach hurts mm-hmm. or my the head hurts, symptoms. all those physical complaints. Um, if they are having a really difficult time separating from you or they're constantly seeking reassurance from you. Um, talking about worried thoughts, school refusal is a big one, back Mm -hmm. to school. Some of that um, is normal, but when it really starts to dictate what your child does, when their worries and their anxiety um, really holds them back and um, it's kind of a constant presence, then I think it's time to start seeking the the services of Mm -hmm. therapists to help. Yeah, yeah, and definitely kind of on the flip side. So, you know, you see the worry, you see the the highly anxious kids, you know, that we all can recognize, but then you see the other kids on, you know, the other side that might be more depressed or showing depression symptoms. So increased sadness, um, withdrawal, you know, kind of isolating themselves, um, really tearful over, um, you know, big things, but also things that, you know, people wouldn't expect. Um, And, you know, they might just feel like, you know, they're just low energy and they, they don't know, you know, how to overcome that and, and get that motivation to, to overcome that. Yeah. And sometimes paying attention to things like anxiety and depression and kids can look like a lot of irritability. Yeah. And as anger. Well, and yeah. Anger. Um, I'm paying attention to when these issues are coming up, whether it's sadness or worry or negative self-talk or negative behavior are happening in numerous areas of their life. Mm -hmm. You know, it might be coming up in your family relationships, but also at school and maybe on the um, sports field and in their friendships. And when you start to see these issues permeating all these different areas of their life, it's something to start to pay attention to. Yeah, so true. And any changes. So if they, you know, used to love playing basketball or love playing the trombone and then all of a sudden they're like, I don't like that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore, which a lot of times can be developmentally appropriate, but also, you know, if it doesn't, if it just doesn't seem like their typical behavior, then that's something to, you know, be on the lookout for. Definitely. Another one is if your kid starts to exhibit some regressive behavior, um, and some of this can be normal, you know, the introduction of a new sibling 
routine or moving or changes in the family. Um, some of these things can start to happen. A kid who was previously toilet trained um, starts to have accidents or they return to sucking their thumb. They start talking with a baby talk or are asking to be held more. Um, and especially if that starts to go on longer than a month. Um, yeah. And that can be something to to also maybe start to seek the services of a therapist as well. Yeah, and I think always, you know, seeing a pediatrician, getting the medical rule out, you know, Definitely. we, we had that beaten in our heads through school is like, okay, get the medical stuff ruled out first, you know, especially with um, any, you know, physical stuff. So same mm-hmm. thing with the stomach issues and anxiety. Yeah, they usually go hand in hand, but there could be some GI issues, you know, things like that going yeah, on. Yeah, it's always good to talk to your pediatrician and have make sure your kids had their yearly physical mm-hmm. and... Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, kind of getting back to the school stuff, you know, you might see aggression in schools, you know, your kid getting into fights, or maybe Mm -hmm. there's um, some bullying going on. I know that's a a hot button issue um, in schools now. Um, But, you know, just talk to your kids, see what's going on with them at school. Um, you know, if they feel like their, you know, their teachers maybe aren't being helpful, if they feel like school's kind of like this battleground, like where they just, you know, they feel like they have to kind of get in these, these conflicts or, or arguments with other kids, um, you know, just see what's going on with peers and, and stuff at school and their grades also. If their grades start dropping, that's a big clue. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned battleground. Sometimes it can feel like a battleground in your family too. Yeah. Um, if you feel like you, maybe you and your spouse are spending all of your time, you yourselves might start fighting about how to handle your child's negative behavior or their tantrums or um, you feel like they are a little ruler in your family mm-hmm. that is all the the time and energy is being spent on on managing these difficult behaviors um maybe time to seek um looking into some some family support and therapy and um so it doesn't consume all of your family time and yeah you don't want your family to feel like a battleground yeah and kind of just going off of that like what I think both of us tend to do a lot in in therapy is working with the whole family. So doing a lot of like parent training, you know, also having the kid, you know, as a a big individual um, part as, you know, in their therapy, but also involving the whole family and making sure that everybody's on the same page, you know, siblings, parents, all that. Yeah. yeah, I think sometimes you hear from kids, we were talking about their negative self-talk, but sometimes it can also, you can hear some helpless talk yeah. as well, or not only hearing it in the way that they talk, but also through their behavior of they very quickly give up, yeah. they get frustrated very easily, they don't really have any tolerance for frustration or difficult tasks, they might have huge blow-ups over um, small things or they'll say words like I'll never be able to do this mm-hmm. or I'll never get it or I'm stupid um, some like of, the all or nothing yes things. yeah yeah for sure um, you know another thing you know we talk a lot about friends family you know the activities that they used to enjoy thinking that everyone hates me or I have no friends so again kind of that that black and white thinking like you know there's no gray area you know and even if you try to reason with them and say oh you know isn't so and so your friend or you know haven't you talked to this person soon they'll deny 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 they'll kind of put up that wall 
Um, so whenever you see your kid, um, you know, demonstrating that, that would be a time to, you know, just get some extra support from a therapist or a counselor. Yeah. Noticing those changes in their behavior, withdrawing from, from others. And also are there changes in their sleep or their appetite? Are they eating too much or too little? Is that different than what they were doing before? Are they complaining about nightmares or does, has bedtime turned into a battleground yeah. that you're spending hours trying to get your child to sleep and um, both of you are completely exasperated and are the you know extra moody the next day because nobody's sleeping or any kind of changes in their normal routine mm-hmm. um, is something to pay attention to yeah yeah for sure and and of course this is a big one you know just kind of um, if you notice any self-harm um, self-injury suicide threats um, take those extremely seriously mm-hmm. like it would it would be more harmful just to kind of brush it off and say they're doing it for attention but you know I know a, a big thing that's a big thing. Oh, they're doing it for attention, but it's like, that's not a bad thing. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to get their needs met. You know, they're trying to, you know, get support from that, um, adult figure in their life. So if you see, you know, something that's on social media or maybe a friend will reach out. I've had some clients who the friend has reached out to the parent or the teacher and said, Hey, I noticed my friend is saying these things. Um, what a great friend to do that. First of all, yeah. to reach out to an adult. Um, but you know, definitely taking any, any threats like that. Um, seriously or even like the repetitive self-destructive behaviors um, hair pulling skin picking um, you know anything that really just doesn't seem typical for them yeah yeah I love that you touched on to always take it seriously yeah Um, if your child makes any um, comments or threats threatens to harm themselves or um, make suicidal remarks or you think they're at risk, you know, it's better, Why? so much better to have an evaluation than yeah. not. You know, right. if you come to see a therapist and it turns out um, your child isn't struggling with a mental health issue, you know, the benefits of going through that process and um, talking with a mental health therapist and getting that support far outweighs not doing that um you know and above all we've talked about all these different um signs or behaviors that your child might need some counseling um even if you're we haven't touched on one that your child is experiencing or you're still feeling unsure or you are the expert on your child um trust your gut if something doesn't doesn't feel right and follow follow that gut yeah yeah, absolutely. So kind of transitioning a little bit, what like what usually happens in therapy, you know, for, for you, Lauren? I would love if you could be my therapist, to be honest. I would love to if you could be my therapist, too. Um, so... Like, what happens in your sessions? I'm yeah, curious. I think that's something that a lot of parents and kids both feel worried about or uncertain about just kind of that fear of the unknown Mm -hmm. of what's going to happen even just making pick up the phone or sending that email can um we just validate that that's such a brave step to to take to um to reach out to a therapist and um before we jump in a little bit about what happens in therapy I just wanted to emphasize too um you know 
helping your kid or, um, you know, if your kid is expressing or that they want to talk with somebody and, um, you know, the earlier that they get support for any of these issues that they are facing, um, the more they can be helped and learn and establish healthy coping skills. And that's just greater long-term health and well-being yeah. for the ch- your child and your family. And it really normalizes that when you're upset or facing an issue that you can talk honestly about it with someone who is safe and cares. And that's a message that will stick with them long after they're even um, living with you. Yeah, you know, that if they rather than going to some self-destructive coping um, skills that you've really given them the message that it's OK and normalizing that it's OK to to seek therapy. Yeah, absolutely. Whenever I have a kid who's reluctant that comes in, I compare it to like going to physical therapy or, you know, let's say you get injured and you break your ankle and you need to, you know, learn some new stretches or some new exercises to re-strengthen those muscles, you know, even though the brain isn't technically a muscle I'm like your brain is kind of like your own muscle that you're retraining in certain ways to have those coping skills and and healthy ways of adapting and being flexible and and you know just kind of making it more approachable from that standpoint too, like comparing it to physical therapy I love that comparison yeah yeah so getting back to you pick up the phone or you email that therapist so what happens next um for uh, you know, some might some therapists might have different processes, sure. but um, we'll explain a little bit about what that looks like. At first, the therapist will probably meet with um, you as the parents to learn more about your child and the problem and what's bringing you to therapy. And we won't be able to become an expert on your child in that first appointment. I wish we um, <laughs> actually will probably never be as much of an expert right. on your child as you are. Um, but that'll help us to start get a big picture of what's happening and how we can help and. Um, it's also a time for you to evaluate if that therapist is a good fit for your child and to, for working with your family. Um, I always recommend to parents that reach out to me that they attend that first appointment alone. So that way um, you can really share freely with the therapist about what's going on and um the child doesn't hear any or experience any shame or guilt or think that there's something wrong with them or um it's also a way to oftentimes parents will leave my office after that first appointment and wonder okay well what happens next how do I tell my child that they're gonna come to therapy what does that look like you know they have a lot of maybe worries or concerns of how that child's gonna respond if they're going to freak out about coming or how they even explain therapy to a child. Um, And sometimes I think it can be really helpful if you've come that first time to let the child know um, that really normalizing that they aren't the only one that's facing whatever they're facing, you know, normalizing for them that sometimes when children feel anxious, a lot of time, it's helpful to go to a person whose job it is to help kids with their feelings by talking about it and playing with them. And you can even say, if you've come and met with the therapist ahead of time, hey, mom and I went and met that person last week and we checked them out and they're okay and she's really Mm -hmm. nice. And you can even say something like her room looks really fun or um, that kind of gives that child that extra reassurance of hey mom and I have checked them out and um, we've got a good feeling about this person and we're on your team and this new therapist is going to be on your team and that this is going to be a safe place for you. Yeah I love that kind of like team atmosphere um, you know environment kind of 
uh, way that you're thinking about it. That's interesting that, so you normally have it where the parents come by themselves. You don't have the kids come in. That's totally different than what I do it, which is pretty cool. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, and, and I do like to have some, you know, one-on-one time with the mom or dad or, who, or guardian, whoever brings them in. Um, but I think it's also kind of cool to have the kid come in by themselves and ask them straight up, like, why do you think you're here today? Like, do you mm-hmm. even know who I am or what I do or anything like that? And just kind of get a sense of, what has the parent shared with the kid? Are the kids totally in the dark? Um, and that's definitely happened before where the kids are like, I don't know. I don't know what this is. I mean, this room looks pretty cool, but, yeah. you know, I see some toys. I think you're okay. Um, but just immediately building that rapport with them, yeah. you know, right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's so important for, as the parent listening to this, to, we'll touch on this some more, but to really evaluate, is this therapist the best fit for your yeah, kid? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, do you feel comfortable talking with them? Will they be a good fit for, for your child? Because there's so many different types of therapists and different approaches that they might use. or um, And so, but it's really important to feel very comfortable right. with that person. And, and if it's not the right fit, don't give up on that. Um, that's one thing that... I know I always emphasize um, to parents is to um, sometimes people will meet with a therapist and it doesn't feel very good. Right. Yeah, go with your gut. Go with sure. your gut and, and don't give up. It's okay to keep trying to find mm-hmm. that right therapist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what um, happens in therapy yeah. for, for you when you're working with kids? So we kind of establish goals. You know, I think that's been something that's really important. I know we both learned this from community mental health, setting up goals, having a treatment plan, kind of having a roadmap where you see therapy going. So mm-hmm. I, I always emphasize that with, you know, the parents and the kids and you want to have their buy-in where they, you know, you'll be able to measure, all right, when are we done here? And I think mm-hmm. discussing discharge, you know, meaning when you guys will be done with therapy, you know, just discussing that in the very first session because you know you hear some kids that are in therapy for years and years and years which in a lot of ways I think is awesome can be really supportive and and maybe they experience a lot of life changes and transitions that they would need that kind of support but a lot of times you know therapy I think you know you want to have these goals short-term, long-term, you know, talk about what that's going to look like, Mm -hmm. have it, you know, written down, you know, kind of have it very clear, like we know what we're looking for when we know that this goal has been achieved. And if new goals come up along the way, that's fine too. You know, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll talk about that. So yeah, Yeah. just kind of talking about feelings and behaviors and stuff like that. Yeah, goals are so important. And I always tell parents, as much as I love working with your child and with your family, I'm always (laughs) trying to work myself out of a job because I want you all to be meeting your goals and to be living your best life yeah too 100 percent. yeah there's definitely a lot of families where I'm like I would love to see this kid grow up for like the rest Mm -hmm. of their life I mean all the kids really I mean it's so cool this job where we're we're involved with these kids and they are so vulnerable and so open with us and it's just I feel so grateful and so you know happy to be able to be an adult in their life through through all this yeah. So I think a lot of parents wonder when your child walks into that room with their therapist, what's going on in there? What's happening? Yeah. 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 So, you know, just a lot of activities, you know, especially in the beginning, building that rapport. Um, I know, well, Lauren, she's a registered play therapist. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, I've had some training a little bit in play therapy, um, but, you know, just doing a lot of like role plays and games. Um, developing coping skills, talking about feelings, um, really getting creative too about how you talk about feelings because I think if you just, 
you know, do normal, like what we consider talk therapy um, with kids, that doesn't always register with them. You know, you can't just be like, so how are you feeling today? Tell me about your week. You know, <laughs> how does that make you feel? All that, you know, those cliche yeah. things that we think of. It doesn't always work with kids. Yeah, I know um, Allie mentioned that I'm a registered play yeah. therapist, and I know Allie is so creative and uses so many <laughs> um, different approaches to, to meet kids where they're at and help them reach those goals. And um, it can be, you know, for kids, a lot of them, your, your brain is split into two different parts. You have the left side of your brain, yeah. which is your language center and word center, and then there's the right side of the brain, and then that's kind of where your emotions are and more creativity, and it's really powerful for kids to use a lot more of that creative side mm-hmm. to access and express their feelings, yeah. the things like um, Dr. Gary Landreth, he's the father of play therapy, and he said, you know, for kids, toys are their words and play is their language, and so, um, you know, it provides a, a safe and therapeutic relationship you know with things like toys and sand and games and art activities and all these ways for children to express themselves and learn to manage their emotions and their behaviors and problem solving and increasing their coping skills and so you know don't be surprised as a parent that it doesn't look like you know us sitting and facing your child and just using that left side of the brain language center to um because developmentally that's not really where kids are at Mm -hmm. um they are it can look um a lot more like maybe playing a game to learn a skill of regulation or um you know using some sand to show something about their world or um so and and also kids have a lot of fun oh they yeah, do that. yeah they want to come back <laughs> they want to come back yeah and I think well I know you mentioned fun and I know fun is a big piece to it but I think a lot of times parents ask oh have fun or they ask them at the end oh did you yeah. have fun and not it's not always fun even yeah. though we're doing a lot of expressive stuff and art and and games that are traditionally considered fun yeah. um but a lot of it can be very emotional for them yeah. and so so maybe just kind of a tidbit for parents like try not to ask that yeah I always try to discourage parents yeah. from asking that question because kids are doing very real work yeah just as we like we do as adults in therapy right. it just looks very different right right yeah we would you ask a, a adult after therapy? Did, Did you, you have fun? fun? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Or even after any doctor's appointment, like you know, it's 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 work. You're trying to figure out what what is going on and how you can solve that problem, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. So we talked a little bit about the signs of what to look for, yeah. or how to maybe know that your child would benefit from counseling services, maybe what happens in therapy. Um, now, what if you're listening to this and you're at that point where you're ready to make that phone call or send that email and find a therapist? A lot of times it can feel overwhelming um, for people to even know where to start. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that. What are some um, places that parents could start to look for a therapist yeah so um where we work a lot of people use their insurance um so that's i think a big a big place where people find out about um you know therapists and where they're located Uh, but i think probably the number one is through the schools the pediatrician you know you see the school counselor or maybe you don't see them but you maybe hear from them at least a couple times Mm -hmm. throughout the year at the kids school 
Um, so we get a lot of referrals from them. So definitely talking to your school, your kid's school counselor to figure out um, if there are any therapists in the area that are available that might be a good fit for your kid. Um, and also your pediatrician. Your kid's pediatrician knows, you know, has possibly seen their kid since birth. Um, so they probably know their kid very well and, and might be able to give a good recommendation. Yeah. Another one, I think we know this because we're in the field, yeah. but I think oftentimes um, people outside of the field don't always know this resource is there is a directory called Psychology Today that numerous therapists um, list themselves on. So you can go to psychologytoday.com and you can search for a therapist using lots of different criteria. Um, if you want to use your insurance, you can look for therapists in your area mm -hmm. who might take your insurance. If you're looking for you know, a specific type of therapy like play therapy or art therapy or um, a specific gender or you want to um, see somebody who's faith-based yeah. or there's lots of different criteria that you can put in there to to determine a therapist that's in your area that might fit be the best fit for your family yeah yeah psychology today is so cool and I I love it like even just looking through and browsing you know for for myself and just trying to find somebody mm -hmm. it's so cool how you can select certain criteria and it just like you know pop somebody out right there it's it's mm -hmm. great so I really encourage you know parents and I know we get a lot of people that search for us and find us through psychology today yeah. I think you can also call your insurance company yeah. as well and they can give you some referrals of therapists that are in your area um, and a big one is word of mouth, mm -hmm. um, you know, asking whether it's a school counselor or your um, other parents who they might recommend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's usually a big one. And I know we live in kind of, um, I guess I consider it a rural, small town area. So a lot of people talk and, you know, there's Facebook, the Facebook community pages where people comment, you know, oh, I see this person, I see that person. Um, so that's pretty cool that, you know, people can really just kind of talk to a, a friend or a neighbor and mm -hmm. and find out about you know a therapist that way too yeah and I know we emphasized this before but um you know it's really important to find somebody that you and your child both feel comfortable with and it's okay to keep looking and, and don't give up on the process if you know it's not a good fit there's lots of therapists out there mm -hmm. um to, I think too many times people have maybe a negative therapy experience or a therapist that isn't the best fit for them and they just kind of write off their yeah be as a um as a service to support your family but keep keep going keep yeah looking. keep looking and I think it's also kind of frustrating when you find out therapists you know might have a wait list or mm. you know there might be a little bit of a wait so that's where it's so crucial not you know like we talked about before taking it seriously and don't wait you know mm. like get on a wait list if you need to mm. um, but you know the earlier you start the process of looking and there's always those those peak time of the years so the mm. beginning of the school year um, the end of the school year yeah. what are some other peak times you've noticed for you? um I've noticed sometimes like like the mid mid time of school yeah. year too um, like right after the holidays maybe. yeah yeah right yeah, after the kind of like the honeymoon period yes. of school just starting has worn off yeah and, um, so even keeping that in mind if you're um wondering about your child and thinking that they might need to talk to somebody I feel like um, you know, going during those times that maybe aren't the peak times, you can really get in maybe more quickly with somebody. Yeah. And sometimes you may want to access therapy services for more of a preventative oh, service. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah. you want your kid to learn some coping skills before they 
um, go to middle school or you want them to um, just work on their social skills. There's lots of, you can also access therapy in more of a preventative way. Yeah, great point. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, so kind of one last word to parents, Um, you know, many of, you know, getting into therapy might come with shame or fear um, or even guilt. You know, I I think parents kind of carry this guilt a lot um, that, you know, I've done something wrong or mm -hmm. that the therapist is going to judge you know, the, the parent for not knowing how to kind of handle their kid, but it's the same, you know, I kind of always go back to the physical stuff. You know, you would never expect, you know, your, the parent to, you know, help a kid's like broken arm if they needed surgery, you know, things like that. So it's the same thing with, you know, the, the emotional stuff. Like it's, there's no shame in going to talk to somebody about it and, um, you know, help them figure out, you know, what factors are going on and, mm-hmm. and, you know, just help them cope with it, basically. I love that. I think there's a lot of parents that walk into the doors of a therapist's office and really blame themselves yeah. or wonder if the therapist is going to be judging them for some part of their parenting or something yeah. they've done wrong. And you've probably also been really beating yourself up as a parent, feeling a lot of guilt or shame about bringing your child to therapy. And we just really want to encourage you to take that off um, and be really self-compassionate towards yourself. And yeah. we know that there's so many different contributing factors to um, reasons why children are struggling with different mental health struggles yeah. and so um you know as therapists we're never we're never here to judge yeah and we know that nobody's perfect there's no perfect yeah. person or perfect parent or family out there and I love it actually when parents notice that they're having these you know kind of uncomfortable feelings about this whole process and they actually seek out a therapist for themselves definitely. um I think that's like like that's a home run right there <laughs> like that's awesome definitely well, this has been great talking yeah. about getting this kicked off. Yeah, we this got one a, episode done. We've been dreaming yeah. about this for a long time and are so excited to have this opportunity to connect with you all and to advocate for mental health for kids and families. And we can't wait to, we've got a whole wide variety of different mental health topics that we'll be presenting each week and talking about. And we just can't wait to share more with you. And we would love any feedback that you have from you we would always love to hear from our listeners and any questions or issues that that they're struggling with yeah absolutely well we'll see you guys then next week for episode two